2 Chronicles chapter 27. Jotham was twenty-five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for sixteen years in Jerusalem. His mother was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. He did what the Lord approved, just as his father Uzziah had done. He did not, however, have the audacity to enter the temple. Yet the people were still sinning. He built the upper gate to the Lord's temple and did a lot of work on the wall in the area known as Ophel. He built cities in the hill country of Judah and fortresses and towers in the forests. He launched a military campaign against the king of the Ammonites and defeated them. That year, the Ammonites paid him 100 talents of silver, 10,000 cores of wheat, and 10,000 cores of barley. The Ammonites also paid this same amount of annual tribute the next two years. Jotham grew powerful because he was determined to please the Lord his God. The rest of the events of Jotham's reign, including all his military campaigns and his accomplishments, are recorded in the scroll of the kings of Israel and Judah. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 16 years in Jerusalem. Jotham passed away and was buried in the city of David. His son Ahaz replaced him as king. Second Chronicles chapter 28 Ahaz was twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for sixteen years in Jerusalem. He did not do what pleased the Lord, in contrast to his ancestor David. He followed in the footsteps of the kings of Israel. He also made images of the Baals. He offered sacrifices in the valley of Ben-Hinnom and passed his sons through the fire, a horrible sin practiced by the nations whom the Lord drove out before the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. The Lord his God handed him over to the king of Syria. The Syrians defeated him and deported many captives to Damascus. He was also handed over to the king of Israel, who thoroughly defeated him. In one day, Pekah, son of Remaliah, killed 120,000 warriors in Judah, because they had abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors. Zikri, an Ephraimite warrior, killed the king's son, Maaseah. Azricam, the supervisor of the palace, and Elkanah, the king's second in command. The Israelites seized from their brothers 200,000 wives, sons, and daughters. They also carried off a huge amount of plunder and took it back to Samaria. Oded, a prophet of the Lord, was there. He went to meet the army as they arrived in Samaria and said to them, Look, because the Lord God of your ancestors was angry with Judah, he handed them over to you. You have killed them so mercilessly that God has taken notice. And now you are planning to enslave the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Yet are you not also guilty before the Lord your God? Now listen to me. Send back those you have seized from your brothers, for the Lord is very angry at you. So some of the Ephraimite family leaders, Azariah, son of Jehokanan, Berechiah, son of Meshillamoth, Jachiskiah, son of Shalom, and Amasa, son of Hadlai, confronted those returning from the battle. They said to them, Don't bring those captives here. Are you planning on making us even more sinful and guilty before the Lord? Our guilt is already great, and the Lord is very angry at Israel. So the soldiers released the captives and the plunder before the officials and the entire assembly. Men were assigned to take the prisoners and find clothes among the plunder for those who were naked. So they clothed them, 
supplied them with sandals, gave them food and drink, and provided them with oil to rub on their skin. They put the ones who couldn't walk on donkeys. They brought them back to their brothers at Jericho, the city of date palm trees, and then returned to Samaria. At that time, King Ahaz asked the king of Assyria for help. The Edomites had again invaded and defeated Judah and carried off captives. The Philistines had raided the cities of Judah in the foothills and the Negev. They captured and settled in Beth Shemesh, Aijalon, Gadiroth, Soko, and its surrounding villages, Timnah and its surrounding villages, and Gimzo and its surrounding villages. The Lord humiliated Judah because of King Ahaz of Israel, for he encouraged Judah to sin and was very unfaithful to the Lord. King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria came, but he gave him more trouble than support. Ahaz gathered riches from the Lord's temple, a royal palace, and the officials gave them to the king of Assyria, but that did not help. During his time of trouble, King Ahaz was even more unfaithful to the Lord. He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus, whom he thought had defeated him. He reasoned, Since the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them, so they will help me. But they caused him and all Israel to stumble. Ahaz gathered the items in God's temple and removed them. He shut the doors of the Lord's temple and erected altars on every street corner in Jerusalem. In every city throughout Judah, he set up high places to offer sacrifices to other gods. He angered the Lord God of his ancestors. The rest of the events of Ahaz's reign, including his accomplishments from start to finish, are recorded in the scroll of the kings of Judah and Israel. Ahaz passed away and was buried in the city of Jerusalem. They did not bring him to the tombs of the kings of Israel. His son, Hezekiah, replaced him as king. Second Chronicles chapter 29 Hezekiah was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what the Lord approved, just as his ancestor David had done. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the Lord's temple and repaired them. He brought in the priests and Levites and assembled them in the square on the east side. He said to them, Listen to me, you Levites. Now consecrate yourselves, so you can consecrate the temple of the Lord God of your ancestors. Remove from the sanctuary what is ceremonially unclean. For our fathers were unfaithful. They did what is evil in the sight of the Lord our God and abandoned him. They turned away from the Lord's dwelling place and rejected him. They closed the doors of the temple porch and put out the lamps. They did not offer incense or burnt sacrifices in the sanctuary of the God of Israel. The Lord was angry at Judah and Jerusalem and made them an appalling object of horror at which people hiss out their scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. Look, our fathers died violently, and our sons, daughters, and wives were carried off because of this. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, so that he may relent from his raging anger. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, to be his ministers, and offer sacrifices. The following Levites prepared to carry out the king's orders. From the Kohathites, Mahath, son of Amasai, and Joel, son of Azariah, 
From the Mirarites, Kish, son of Abdi, and Azariah, son of Jehalalil. From the Gershonites, Joah, son of Zimah, and Eden, son of Joah. From the descendants of Elizaphan, Shimri, and Jael. From the descendants of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mataniah. From the descendants of Heman, Jehiel, and Shimei. From the descendants of Jeduthun, Shemaiah, and Oziel. They assembled their brothers and consecrated themselves. Then they went in to purify the Lord's temple, just as the king had ordered, in accordance with the word of the Lord. The priests then entered the Lord's temple to purify it. They brought out to the courtyard of the Lord's temple every ceremonially unclean thing they discovered inside. The Levites took them out to the Kidron Valley. On the first day of the first month, they began consecrating. By the eighth day of the month, they reached the porch of the Lord's temple. For eight more days, they consecrated the Lord's temple. On the sixteenth day of the first month, they were finished. They went to King Hezekiah and said, We have purified the entire temple of the Lord, including the altar of burnt sacrifice and all its equipment, and the table for the bread of the presence and all its equipment. We have prepared and consecrated all the items that King Ahaz removed during his reign when he acted unfaithfully. They are in front of the altar of the Lord. Early the next morning, King Hezekiah assembled the city officials and went up to the Lord's temple. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven goats as a sin offering for the kingdom, the sanctuary, and Judah. The king told the priests, the descendants of Aaron, to offer burnt sacrifices on the altar of the Lord. They slaughtered the bulls, and the priests took the blood and splashed it on the altar. Then they slaughtered the rams and splashed the blood on the altar. Next, they slaughtered the lambs and splashed the blood on the altar. Finally, they brought the goat for the sin offering before the king and the assembly, and they placed their hands on them. Then the priests slaughtered them. They offered their blood as a sin offering on the altar to make atonement for all Israel, because the king had decreed that the burnt sacrifice and sin offering were for all Israel. Hezekiah stationed the Levites in the Lord's temple with cymbals and stringed instruments, just as David, Gad the king's prophet, and Nathan the prophet had ordered. The Lord had actually given these orders through his prophets. The Levites had David's musical instruments, and the priests had trumpets. Hezekiah ordered the burnt sacrifice to be offered on the altar. As they began to offer the sacrifice, they also began to sing to the Lord, accompanied by the trumpets and the musical instruments of King David of Israel. The entire assembly worshipped as the singers sang and the trumpeters played. They continued until the burnt sacrifice was completed. When the sacrifices were completed, the king and all who were with him bowed down and worshipped. King Hezekiah and the officials told the Levites to praise the Lord, using the psalms of David and Asaph the prophet. So they joyfully offered praise and bowed down and worshipped. Hezekiah said, Now you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the Lord's temple. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and whoever desired to do so brought burnt sacrifices. The assembly brought a total of 70 bulls, 100 rams, and 200 lambs as burnt sacrifices to the Lord, and 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep were consecrated. But there were not enough priests to skin all the animals, 
So their brothers, the Levites, helped them until the work was finished and the priests could consecrate themselves. The Levites had been more conscientious about consecrating themselves than the priests. There was a large number of burnt sacrifices, as well as fat from the peace offerings and drink offerings that accompanied the burnt sacrifices. So the service of the Lord's temple was reinstituted. Hezekiah and all the people were happy about what God had done for them, for it had been done quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 30 Hezekiah sent messages throughout Israel and Judah. He even wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh, summoning them to come to the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and observe a Passover celebration for the Lord God of Israel. The king, his officials, and the entire assembly in Jerusalem decided to observe the Passover in the second month. They were unable to observe it at the regular time because not enough priests had consecrated themselves and the people had not assembled in Jerusalem. The proposal seemed appropriate to the king and the entire assembly, so they sent an edict throughout Israel from Beersheba to Dan, summoning the people to come and observe a Passover for the Lord God of Israel in Jerusalem, for they have not observed it on a nationwide scale as prescribed in the law. Messengers delivered the letters from the king and his officials throughout Israel and Judah. This royal edict read, O Israelites, return to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, so he may return to you who have been spared from the kings of Assyria. Don't be like your fathers and brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord God of their ancestors, provoking him to destroy them, as you can see. Now don't be stubborn like your fathers. Submit to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has permanently consecrated. Serve the Lord your God, so that he might relent from his raging anger. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and sons will be shown mercy by their captors and return to this land. The Lord your God is merciful and compassionate. He will not reject you if you return to him. The messengers journeyed from city to city throughout the land of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun. But people mocked and ridiculed them. But some men from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, God moved the people to unite and carry out the edict of the king and the officers in keeping with the Lord's message. A huge crowd assembled in Jerusalem to observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the second month. They removed the altars in Jerusalem. They also removed all the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. They slaughtered the Passover lamb on the fourteenth day of the second month. The priests and Levites were ashamed, so they consecrated themselves and brought burnt sacrifices to the Lord's temple. They stood at their posts, according to the regulations outlined in the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests were splashing the blood as the Levites handed it to them. Because many in the assembly had not consecrated themselves, the Levites slaughtered the Passover lambs of all who were ceremonially unclean and could not consecrate their sacrifice to the Lord. The majority of the many people from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun were ceremonially unclean, yet they ate the Passover in violation of what is prescribed in the law. For Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord, who is good, 
Forgive everyone who has determined to follow God, the Lord God of his ancestors, even if he is not ceremonially clean, according to the standards of the temple. The Lord responded favorably to Hezekiah and forgave the people. The Israelites who were in Jerusalem observed the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with great joy. The Levites and priests were praising the Lord every day with all their might. Hezekiah expressed his appreciation to all the Levites, who demonstrated great skill in serving the Lord. They feasted for the seven days of the festival and were making peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord God of their ancestors. The entire assembly then decided to celebrate for seven more days. So they joyfully celebrated for seven more days. King Hezekiah and Judah supplied 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for the assembly, while the officials supplied them with 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. Many priests consecrated themselves. The celebration included the entire assembly of Judah, the priests, the Levites, the entire assembly of those who came from Israel, the resident foreigners who came from the land of Israel, and those who were residents of Judah. There was a great celebration in Jerusalem, unlike anything that had occurred in Jerusalem since the time of King Solomon, son of David of Israel. The priests and Levites got up and pronounced blessings on the people. The Lord responded favorably to them as their prayers reached his holy dwelling place in heaven. Second Chronicles chapter 31 When all this was over, the Israelites who were in the cities of Judah went out and smashed the sacred pillars, cut down the Asherah poles, and demolished all the high places and altars throughout Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh. Then all the Israelites returned to their own homes in their cities. Hezekiah appointed the divisions of the priests and Levites to do their assigned tasks, to offer burnt sacrifices and present offerings, and to serve, give thanks, and offer praise in the gates of the Lord's sanctuary. The king contributed some of what he owned for burnt sacrifices, including the morning and evening burnt sacrifices and the burnt sacrifices made on Sabbaths, new moon festivals, and at other appointed times prescribed in the law of the Lord. He ordered the people living in Jerusalem to contribute the portion prescribed for the priests and Levites so they might be obedient to the law of the Lord. When the edict was issued, the Israelites freely contributed the initial portion of their grain, wine, olive oil, honey, and all the produce of their fields. They brought a tenth of everything, which added up to a huge amount. The Israelites and people of Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also contributed a tenth of their cattle and sheep, as well as a tenth of the holy items consecrated to the Lord their God. They brought them and placed them in many heaps. In the third month, they began piling their contributions in heaps and finished in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the officials came and saw the heaps, they praised the Lord and pronounced blessings on his people Israel. When Hezekiah asked the priests and Levites about the heaps, Azariah, the head priest from the family of Zadok, said to him, Since the contributions began arriving in the Lord's temple, we have had plenty to eat and have a large quantity left over, for the Lord has blessed his people, and this large amount remains. Hezekiah ordered that storerooms be prepared in the Lord's temple. When this was done, they brought in the contributions, tithes, and consecrated items that had been offered. 
Conaniah, a Levite, was in charge of all this, assisted by his brother Shimei. Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Asahel, Jerimoth, Josabad, Eliel, Ismachiah, Mahath, and Benaiah worked under the supervision of Conaniah and his brother Shimei, as directed by King Hezekiah and Azariah, the supervisor of God's temple. Kor, son of Imna, a Levite, and the guard on the east side, was in charge of the voluntary offerings made to God, and dispersed the contributions made to the Lord and the consecrated items. In the cities of the priests, Eden, Menaemin, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah faithfully assisted him in making disbursements to their fellow priests, according to their divisions, regardless of age. They made disbursements to all the males three years old and up who were listed in the genealogical records, to all who would enter the Lord's temple to serve on a daily basis and fulfill their duties as assigned to their divisions. They made disbursements to the priests, listed in the genealogical records by their families, and to the Levites, twenty years old and up, according to their duties as assigned to their divisions, and to all the infants, wives, sons, and daughters of the entire assembly listed in the genealogical records, for they faithfully consecrated themselves. As for the descendants of Aaron, the priests who lived in the outskirts of all their cities, Men were assigned to disperse portions to every male among the priests and to every Levite listed in the genealogical records. This is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah. He did what the Lord his God considered good and right and faithful. He wholeheartedly and successfully reinstituted service in God's temple and obedience to the law in order to follow his God. Second Chronicles chapter 32 After these faithful deeds were accomplished, King Sennacherib of Assyria invaded Judah. He besieged the fortified cities, intending to seize them. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had invaded and intended to attack Jerusalem, he consulted with his advisors and military officers about stopping up the springs outside the city, and they supported him. A large number of people gathered together and stopped up all the springs and the stream that flowed through the district. They reasoned, why should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty of water? Hezekiah energetically rebuilt every broken wall. He erected towers and an outer wall and fortified the terrace of the city of David. He made many weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the army and assembled them in the square at the city gate. He encouraged them, saying, Be strong and brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic because of the king of Assyria and this huge army that is with him. We have with us one who is stronger than those who are with him. He has with him mere human strength. But the Lord our God is with us to help us and fight our battles. The army was encouraged by the words of King Hezekiah of Judah. Afterward, King Sennacherib of Assyria while attacking Lachish with all his military might, sent his messengers to Jerusalem. The message was for King Hezekiah of Judah and all the people of Judah who were in Jerusalem. It read, This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says. Why are you so confident that you remain in Jerusalem while it is under siege? Hezekiah says, The Lord our God will rescue us from the power of the king of Assyria. But he is misleading you, and you will die of hunger and thirst. Hezekiah is the one who eliminated the Lord's high places and altars, 
and then told Judah and Jerusalem, At one altar you must worship and offer sacrifices. Are you not aware of what I and my predecessors have done to all the nations of the surrounding lands? Have the gods of the surrounding lands actually been able to rescue their lands from my power? Who among all the gods of these nations, whom my predecessors annihilated, was able to rescue his people from my power, that your God would be able to rescue you from my power? Now don't let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you like this. Don't believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom has been able to rescue his people from my power or the power of my predecessors. So how can your gods rescue you from my power? Sennacherib's servants further insulted the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah. He wrote letters mocking the Lord God of Israel and insulting him with these words, The gods of the surrounding nations could not rescue their people from my power. Neither can Hezekiah's God rescue his people from my power. They called out loudly in the Judahite dialect to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall, trying to scare and terrify them so they could seize the city. They talked about the God of Jerusalem as if he were one of the man-made gods of the nations of the earth. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, prayed about this and cried out to heaven. The Lord sent a messenger, and he wiped out all the soldiers, princes, and officers in the army of the king of Assyria. So Sennacherib returned home humiliated. When he entered the temple of his god, some of his own sons struck him down with the sword. The Lord delivered Hezekiah and the residents of Jerusalem from the power of King Sennacherib of Assyria and from all the other nations. He made them secure on every side. Many were bringing presents to the Lord in Jerusalem and precious gifts to King Hezekiah of Judah. From that time on, he was respected by all the nations. In those days, Hezekiah was stricken with a terminal illness. He prayed to the Lord, who answered him and gave him a sign, confirming that he would be healed. But Hezekiah was ungrateful. He had a proud attitude, provoking God to be angry at him, as well as Judah and Jerusalem. But then Hezekiah and the residents of Jerusalem humbled themselves and abandoned their pride. And the Lord was not angry with them for the rest of Hezekiah's reign. Hezekiah was very wealthy and greatly respected. He made storehouses for his silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and all his other valuable possessions. He made storerooms for the harvest of grain, wine, and olive oil, and stalls for all his various kinds of livestock and his flocks. He built royal cities and owned a large number of sheep and cattle, for God gave him a huge amount of possessions. Hezekiah dammed up the source of the waters of the upper Gihon, and directed them down to the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah succeeded in all that he did. So when the envoys arrived from the Babylonian officials to visit him and inquire about the sign that occurred in the land, God left him alone to test him in order to know his true motives. The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign, including his faithful deeds, are recorded in the vision of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, included in the scroll of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah passed away and was buried on the ascent of the tombs of the descendants of David. All the people of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem buried him with great honor. His son Manasseh replaced him as king.
2 Chronicles chapter 33. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned for fifty-five years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, and committed the same horrible sins, practiced by the nations whom the Lord drove out ahead of the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He set up altars for the Baals, and made Asherah poles. He bowed down to all the stars in the sky, and worshipped them. He built altars in the Lord's temple, about which the Lord had said, Jerusalem will be my permanent home. In the two courtyards of the Lord's temple, he built altars for all the stars in the sky. He passed his sons through the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, and practiced divination, omen reading, and sorcery. He set up a ritual pit to conjure up underworld spirits, and appointed magicians to supervise it. He did a great amount of evil in the sight of the Lord, and angered him. He put an idolatrous image he had made in God's temple, about which God had said to David and to his son Solomon, This temple in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, will be my permanent home. I will not make Israel again leave the land I gave to their ancestors, provided that they carefully obey all I commanded them, the whole law, the rules and regulations given through Moses. But Manasseh misled the people of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem, so that they sinned more than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed ahead of the Israelites. The Lord confronted Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria. They seized Manasseh, put hooks in his nose, bound him with bronze chains, and carried him away to Babylon. In his pain, Manasseh asked the Lord his God for mercy, and truly humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. When he prayed to the Lord, the Lord responded to him and answered favorably his cry for mercy. The Lord brought him back to Jerusalem to his kingdom. Then Manasseh realized that the Lord is the true God. After this, Manasseh built up the outer wall of the city of David on the west side of the Gihon in the valley to the entrance of the fish gate and all around the terrace. He made it much higher. He placed army officers in all the fortified cities in Judah. He removed the foreign gods and images from the Lord's temple and all the altars he had built on the hill of the Lord's temple and in Jerusalem. He threw them outside the city. He erected the altar of the Lord and offered on it peace offerings and thank offerings. He told the people of Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. However, the people continued to offer sacrifices at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, including his prayer to his God and the words the prophets spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. The annals of the prophets include his prayer, give an account of how the Lord responded to it, record all his sins and unfaithful acts, and identify the sites where he built high places and erected Asherah poles and idols before he humbled himself. Manasseh passed away and was buried in his palace. His son Amon replaced him as king. Amon was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned for two years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, just as his father Manasseh had done. Amon offered sacrifices to all the idols his father Manasseh had made and worshipped them. He did not humble himself before the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done. Amon was guilty of great sin. 
His servants conspired against him and killed him in his palace. The people of the land executed all who had conspired against King Amon, and they made his son Josiah king in his place.